What a privilege it is to be able to hear the gospel and to be exposed to the truth of this great word. Acts chapter 2 and verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire, and it sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost, and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Skipping down to verse 16 now, Peter begins to preach to the crowd that has gathered in the streets just beneath the upper room. And as he is speaking, he says these words, But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last day, saith God, I will pour out of my Spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my Spirit, and they shall prophesy. Skipping down to verse 37. Now when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart and said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? Then Peter said unto them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. For the promise is unto you and to your children, and to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. And with many other words did he testify and exhort, saying, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. I'd like to speak this morning on this subject, anointed for the appointed time. Anointed for the appointed time. Would you bow your heads in prayer? Lord, we are so thankful to be in your house today. Thankful for your presence that we feel in such a rich way. We ask you, Lord, that you would anoint hearts and minds to receive your word. Give us courage, Lord. Give us understanding and insight to seize the moment, to act upon this special place and special time that you have placed us and we will give you praise for all things in Jesus name everybody said amen. amen you may be seated thank you for standing the scripture is very deliberate when it speaks of a transition in time it uses the word fully to describe when a change is coming in the first four verses as we read in the book of Acts it uses that twice to communicate the day of Pentecost being fully come. And again, again, it talks about that they were all filled or full that had gathered in that room. Similar to how we would think of a glass or a container being full. And then after it is full, it overflows and transitions to a new experience. As long as this glass is half full or three-quarters full, it will stay in a similar state. But when it becomes full, it then transitions. There is a change. It overflows its banks and it spills over onto the saucer or the table or anything that's around it. It's more than just cups and glasses and thermos bottles that are containers of liquid. There is segments of time that are containers. We have a 24-hour day. It is 
a container of time. After that 24 hours is full, it transitions to a new day. We understand that concept. We have a, a new sunrise every 24 hours coming up over this east coast, over this Atlantic Ocean. When it is full, then there is a change, a transition. It's the fullness of time. There are seasons of time. When the summer is full, it transitions to fall. When the fall is full, it transitions to winter and spring and so forth. When the calendar is full, it transitions to a new month or a new year or a new decade or a new dispensation. The fullness of time is more than just what we can quantify with a calendar or with a clock or with a watch. There's also the fullness of time in God's perfect will. There's the fullness of time for God's plan for humanity. There's the fullness of time for God's plan for this earth. God's plan for you and your life and your family and your home and all that's around you. The fullness of time is when that particular segment has reached the point of being full. There's coming a change. There's coming a transition. The fullness of time that we read about in, in Acts chapter 2 it denotes more than just the day of Pentecost being full, although that was important. It was talking about Pentecost being that point of celebration, but it had been filling up for some time. If we were to look at it only in the natural, we would understand that Pentecost was a feast that they celebrated, and they still do, 50 days after the Passover. It was the celebration of the year of Jubilee which was the 50th year going all the way back to the Old Testament. The 50th year in the Old Testament was the year of Jubilee. It was a time of rejoicing. It was when the children of Israel uh, received a lot of things back that perhaps had been taken from them through the struggles of life. It was a year of liberty. It was a year when the land was returned that was lost. Perhaps they had lost it through non-payment or perhaps they could not manage it or take care of it and so it would be taken but if you could just hang on for the year of jubilee you could get it all back it was a time when you were released from debtor's prison back then they had a prison for people that couldn't pay their debts you were put in debtor's prison but you were set free from the year of jubilee debts were forgiven in the year of jubilee joy was restored in the year of jubilee Families were reunited in the year of Jubilee. The day of Pentecost, every year on their calendar, 50 days after the Passover, it celebrated this time of liberty, celebrated this time of being set free. It was a joyous time. People came from other countries. People gathered from different parts of the then known world. And they came together many times right into the old city of Jerusalem. It was the day of Pentecost being fully come that this Holy Ghost experience that you and I know about today was first given to all of us in our humanity. It was the first time it had been poured out in such a way upon the human race. The day of Pentecost being fully come was more than just the marking of days on the calendar. 
It was more than just the accomplishment of God's will for humanity. It was more than just 50 days after the Passover, and so now we celebrate Pentecost. No, I believe when we read in the book of Acts chapter 2, and it says the day of Pentecost was fully come, it meant that throughout all the years, God had been preparing and planning for there to be a time when His Spirit would be poured out on humanity. It was now time. The time was full. It was the appointed time that God had planned. That glass had been filling up throughout all the years. That glass had been filling up during the ministry of Jesus. When Lazarus was raised from the dead, he was set free from the bonds of death. He was reunited with his family. And a little more water was poured into the glass of Pentecost. When the blind man had his sight restored, and he no longer had to beg, more water filled the glass of Pentecost. When the man from Gadara was delivered from a legion of devils, he was given his freedom. He went home. He was delivered from the torment of Satan. He had been living in the graveyard of death, but now he was basking in the light of life and more water filled the glass of Pentecost. It culminated on Calvary when the Bible says that Jesus gave up the ghost or the spirit departed from the body. The Bible says that the earth began to shake and the rocks began to split like an enormous earthquake. And the Bible says that Jesus stole death from the enemy. Matthew 27 says, The graves were opened and many bodies of the saints which slept arose and went into the holy city. The reason is because Calvary conquered death. Revelation says that He took the keys of death and hell. That fullness of time had come to the point where now it was going to be established once and forever that Jesus Christ was the King of kings and the Lord of lords. I rise today to declare to you that we are still in that dispensation of time. This is the church age. But Jesus Christ is on the throne. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. And everything else is submitted to God's plan and God's will. Death is the ultimate prison. But when that prison was broken, more water went into the container of Pentecost. It was filling up throughout the years, throughout the months, throughout the days, throughout the ministry of Jesus. And then finally Calvary. And then the resurrection. And then we see that He was seen for 40 days after His resurrection. But when He ascended on Mount Olivet and went back into heaven, it took two angels, men in white apparel, to come back and remind those that had gathered on Mount Olivet as Jesus ascended and went into heaven, Go to Jerusalem. Tarry until you be endued with power from on high. They wanted them to go to Jerusalem right away. You know why? It was filling up. Time was fulfilled. Go straightway to Jerusalem. The time is now. The glass is full. A change is coming. In just seven days, it spilled over when humanity received the overflow of the Spirit of God. And we begin to read in the book of Acts, the day of Pentecost was fully come. They were all in one place in one accord. And suddenly, 
suddenly, but yet it had been building throughout all the years. Suddenly, there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. Wind denoted the Spirit and the presence of God. It filled, there it is again, all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire. And it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled, there it is again, with the Holy Ghost. And began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Oh, my friend, I'm thankful that you don't serve a God that just serves a half glass. He's not a God that just gives you a little bit to help you through your day or to help you through your week. Oh, no, my friend. He's a God that will change you from the top of your head to the sole of your feet. If you're full of this world, if you're tired of living by your own ways and your own will, if you're tired of what the world has to offer, I've come to tell you, you've come to the right place at the right time. It's time for a change. It's time for a transition. And I've come to tell you about the power and the presence of God that is available. For whosoever will. This was a change when this Holy Ghost was poured out. It was a transition. And when you receive the Holy Ghost, it is a change. Your life can be filled with hurt and pain. But all oh, those prayers have been built up. I'm so thankful, hallelujah, for the prayers of loved ones. Maybe it was grandparents that prayed for you. When you weren't living right, you weren't doing right, you weren't thinking right. But somebody was praying and the glass was being filled up. Somebody was holding you up in prayer. Somebody was believing for you. Hallelujah. And then you had to go through all of that hurt and pain. But oh, the hunger started rising in your heart. And the hunger started coming up in your own soul and in your own spirit. And the glass was being filled up because it was time for a change. It was time for a transition. And then the receiving or the infilling of the Holy Ghost. It is a fulfillment of promises and prayers throughout all of history. This promise had been given throughout the history of the children of Israel in the Old Testament. The promise had been given. And so those promises had built up to the point where now something had to take place. Something had to change. And so the Holy Ghost was poured out. But now here we are. We're at that place again, ladies and gentlemen, at the fulfillment of time. There's been 2,000 years in the church age. But there's coming another change. There's coming another transition. And you and I are once again facing the fulfillment fulfillment of time. As you look around and you look at this world, you can be discouraged and you may think the world is getting so bad that there's no way that God can do anything. He's probably turned his face from this earth, but I've come to tell you that God is still at work and God is still working in the hearts of men and women that will say, Lord, I'm tired of this world. I'm tired of living with hangovers and hurt and pain and guilt I'm ready for a new way of walking oh yes my friend just as Pentecost filled up iniquity fills up Genesis chapter 15 and verse 16 says but in the fourth generation they shall come hither again for the iniquity of the Amorites is not yet full it's getting there but it's not yet full. When the angels were sent to Sodom and Gomorrah, they were on assignment because the sin of those cities 
had filled up the glass of judgment. The glass of iniquity is filling up. We see it all around us. And it's always more visible than the glass of God's promises. Because we are natural beings and we live in a natural world. We see the glass of iniquity. We see the world getting worse and worse. And sometimes it's easy for us to be weary in your well-doing whenever you look around and it seems like nobody's wanting to serve God. This happened even to the prophet Elijah in the Old Testament. But oh, my friend, the Lord had to remind Elijah, there's 7,000 that have not bowed their knee to Baal. In other words, Elijah, there's another glass that's being filled up that you can't see. All you hear is the cries of Jezebel and the threats on your life. But you better be reminded that there is a king, there is a God that sits upon the circle of the earth, that heaven is his throne and earth is his footstool. And I've come today to remind somebody, it may look bad around you right now. You may have had a bad week. You may have had struggles in your home this week. You may have had some challenges in your finances. But God is still God. And the promises of God are yea and amen. And the Lord has called you for such a time as this. He has anointed you. And He has given you favor for the assignment of right now today. Look at Ezekiel chapter 9 and verse 9. Then said he unto me, The iniquity of the house of Israel and Judah is exceeding great, and the land is full of blood, and the city full of perverseness. For they say, The Lord hath forsaken the earth, and the Lord seeth not. Does that not sound like the day that you and I live? The land is full of blood. We hear reports every week about another shooting. And it's not just a shooting, it's a shooting of innocence, kids, and, and people just going about their business, going to the store. Because the land is full of blood, and the city full of perverseness. And people look around and say, it looks like sin has won. It looks like that God is somehow an absent God. He's not here. He's not at work. We see the glass of sin filling up. And we think that God has turned His back on humanity. Oh no, my friend. He's still working. He is still reaching. He is still breaking the bonds of sin. In fact, the Bible says that where sin abounds, grace does much more abound. I said, where sin abounds, uh, grace does much more abound. Uh, His grace, uh, His deliverance, uh, the glass of His grace and deliverance uh, will always fill up first uh, before the glass of iniquity fills up. Uh, That's why He always gives a way of escape uh, like He did Lot and his family because His grace fills up first. Uh, Oh, you say, Pastor, you don't know what what my past is and, and what my parents were and what I've done. I've come to tell you that there is something greater than your sin and greater than your iniquity. It is the love of God. It is the grace of God that can restore you and renew you and change you from the inside out. Oh, you ought to clap your hands under the Lord and thank Him. Thank Him. For this particular moment. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 9 says, Thou hast loved righteousness and hated iniquity. Therefore, God, even thy God, hath anointed thee with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. Do you see that? 
If you love righteousness and you hate iniquity, the Lord has anointed you with the oil of gladness above thy fellows. See, if you're not hating iniquity and loving righteousness, you can't see that. If all you do is look at Instagram and Facebook and TikTok and Whittle Walk and whatever all the other ones are, People are smiling. People got apps to make themselves look skinny. Make their face look good. They're smiling. They all over the world smiling. And you say, here I am dealing with all this crud and dealing with the, the, the cares of everyday life. Looks like the whole world's having fun, but me. That is fake fun. Ain't nothing real about any of that. That's why you got to get away from all that and get in the Word of God and get in prayer. You'll begin to see what God wants to show this generation. He said, if you love righteousness and you hate iniquity, I'm going to anoint you and I'm going to anoint you with the joy of Godness. You're going to have something bubbling up from the inside. Hallelujah. It's not fake. It's not make-believe. It's the joy of the Lord. Therefore, with joy, shall we draw water out of the wells of salvation. Oh, my friend, God's going to fill you up with joy. God's going to fill you up with purpose and meaning. That's why, Pentecostals, you ought not to apologize I know we live in a day and age when they say, oh, you Christians, y'all make too much noise. Y'all ought to just sit still. They want to chill your freedom of speech. But I've come to tell you that this day demands our voice. I said, this day demands our voice. You ought to praise Him. I don't care if you're in Walmart or you're in... Chipotle or wherever you're at you ought to give God the praise and don't be ashamed of it he's brought you a mighty long way when you begin to declare the wonderful works of God God gives you joy above thy fellows we forget what a wicked confused time it was when the Holy Ghost was poured out We look back in Acts 2 and we look at it in a nostalgic viewpoint of being Pentecostal. The birthplace of our Pentecostal experiences in Acts 2. We look back to that place and it's easy for us to have a favorable opinion of that day and age because of what God did. But I remind you today, that that was one of the most troubling times in all of history. There was civil unrest. There was political unrest. There was spiritual unrest. And in the midst of it all, God poured out His Spirit. Peter even refers to the time that they were in, in his sermon from the upper room, when he said, Save yourselves from this untoward generation. Untoward means they're headed toward the wrong way, the wrong things. They loved sin and they hated righteousness. It was a wicked day. But there was a prophecy that had been building up from the days of an Old Testament prophet named Joel. There's coming a time 
then the Spirit of God's going to be poured out upon all flesh. Oh, it was a wicked time. But there was a fulfillment of the promises and the prophecies of God's chosen few. And as Peter began to preach, he popped the top off of that full bottle of promise when he declared, This is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel, and it shall come to pass in the last days. Oh, my friend, those days are these days. This is that. Uh, Saith God, I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall see visions. And your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens, I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy. As Peter began to preach, he began to tell them, these are the prophecies that have fully come to pass. It was put into the glass of time. But now, It's fully come. Oh, I wish today I could communicate what I feel in my spirit. That the day that you and I live in, I know there's wickedness in the world. I know there's strife and pain in this world. But there is a God, hallelujah, that has chosen this generation. He has anointed this generation for the appointed time of the outpouring of the Spirit of God. God has anointed and He has appointed this generation to speak the Word. Do you notice that it said your sons and your daughters shall prophesy? He's anointed this generation to speak the Word. It's given to servants and to handmaidens. It's not given to royalty. It's given to everyday average people like you and me that are containers of praise and promise, that can't keep it to yourself anymore. Oh, my friend, if you're only half filled of what God wants to do with your life, there's no change or transition because the focus is all on that individual container called you. But oh, when it fills up, When you say, I don't care if I'm the last person on the planet praising God. I'm going to praise Him with everything I got. Oh, you can't keep it to yourself. It spills over into your friends. It spills over into your family. It spills over into everybody you come in contact with. Because the time is full. This is the day that the Lord hath made. I will rejoice and be glad. You say, how do we fill up that glass? You fill it up by speaking the word. Matthew chapter 17 and verse 20. And Jesus said unto them, Because of your unbelief, for verily I say unto you, If ye have faith as a grain of mustard seed, ye shall say unto this mountain. Say unto this mountain.
remove hence the yonder place. And it shall remove, and nothing shall be impossible unto you. He says from the prophecy of Joel that there's two groups of people that are going to prophesy. It's going to be your sons and your daughters, and it's going to be your servants and your handmaids. Oh, you say, Pastor, I, I, I just don't think I'm spiritual enough to be used of God. Well, consider Peter being used of God in the fullness of time. He was just a fisherman. But on the day of Pentecost, he spoke to the mountain. He spoke to the mountain of tradition. He spoke to the mountain of adversity. He spoke to the mountain of Judaism. And he declared, this is that that was spoken by your prophet Joel. You missed it. You crucified him. He was your Messiah. And you hung him on a tree. But oh, I've got news for you. This is still all in the plan of God. And as he began to speak to the mountain, he was anointed for such a time. He was anointed for that appointed time. He was fearful before that. He made a lot of mistakes. He denied three times that he even knew Jesus. And one time Jesus even referred to him as Satan. How would you like that? If Jesus referred to you as Satan, well, I'm never going back to that church again. Can you imagine being called Satan? Oh, Peter was not some kind of a spiritual superstar, but the day demanded his voice. And when he spoke, he spoke with the voice of faith. And the glass filled up in the streets. And they cried out, what must we do? Oh, my friend, iniquity has a way of making people feel empty, though they're full of themselves. Iniquity has a way of making you feel like there's nothing left. That's why suicide is so rampant, because it fills you up and empties you out at the same time. And you walk away from that club and you walk away trying to look happy but inside you're miserable. And you try to drown your sorrows in the next alcoholic binge or or drug binge or whatever you want to call it. But oh my friend, uh, when you've had all of that you can stand. I've got good news for you. I said I've got good news for you. There's something else that's filling up and it's a hunger for God. You may not want to acknowledge it, but there's been some prayers that have gone up for you. There's been some people that have been praying for you you and though you don't realize that your own hunger for God has been filling up you didn't want to acknowledge it you tried to drown it out but sometimes in places when people couldn't hear you when you were by yourself you'd sometimes say a silent prayer oh heaven did not miss that that was a little bit more that was put in the glass and after a while your prayers went up as a memorial before God and the hunger of your heart rose up to a point where you have to cry out like these people did in the streets. What must I do to be saved? That cry was the overflow of hearts that responded to the Word. My friend, the same thing is true today. When the Word goes forth and you give ear to it, your soul begins to fill up. Something starts to build on the inside. You begin to feel the urgency of the moment. You can feel, I feel it even filling up now even as we speak. What shall we do, preacher? What do I do with this? 
How do I make sense of my life? I've come to tell you what Peter told them. Repent of your sins and be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And ye shall be filled with the gift of the Holy Ghost. That's the promise. That's the fulfillment of this generation. That's God's plan for this particular time. That promise is fulfilled when you say, Lord, I've been running long enough, but I'm ready. Ready to receive some help from heaven. I've come to tell you, that's when the promise is fulfilled and the promise is full. Because here's what you got to understand. When the time is full, you get filled. That's how you become fulfilled. You say, I want to be fulfilled in life. That's how you get fulfilled in life. The time is full. The time is now. Today is the day for you to be filled with the Spirit of God. That's how you live a life. That's a life of fulfillment and peace and comfort and puts everything into its proper focus. You can't do it on your own. You've got to have the help from God. And the Bible says this promise is for you and for your children and for all that are afar off. The fullness of time. This promise is for you and for your children and to all that are afar off. So for 2,000 years during this church age, humanity has been exposed to the gospel of Jesus Christ. But the fullness of that time is now approaching. And when it is full, there is coming a change. I said when it is full, there is coming a change. 1 Corinthians 15, 51. Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump, for the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Would you stand to your feet? fullness of time is upon us my friend day is late but you have been anointed and you have been appointed for such a time as this you say but old pastor you don't know my history you don't know my past I don't have to I know your future if you'll give it to God feel in the Holy Ghost to declare this to this congregation some of you look at your own mistakes your own shortcomings and you disqualify yourself from what God wants to use you for you see some open doors that are before you but you don't feel like you can handle it you don't feel like spiritually you're the man or the woman for the job I come today to tell you you've been anointed for an appointed time this outpouring of the Holy Ghost 2,000 years ago didn't happen in the synagogue. It happened on the streets. It happened with common people, fishermen, tax collectors. It happened on the streets, men and women following Jesus. Oh, my friend, God is going to give you the anointing you need 
for the appointment that He has called you for. You don't think God can use you, but you have no idea. It doesn't take ability. It takes availability. God, whatever you desire, here I am, Lord. I give you my heart. I give you my soul. Oh, my friend, we can't do this on our own. This world that we live in is in desperate need of God. God had called you for such a time as this. He has chosen you. It has an anointing upon your life to use you for this day, for this moment, and this hour. Would you lift your hands all over this building? And would you receive the Word of God? I receive it into my spirit. Just say that out loud, would you? I receive it into my spirit. I declare your glory and your greatness. You didn't create me, God, to just struggle through from week to week. You didn't create me, God, to just be marking time on this planet. You made me in your image for a purpose. And I'm ready to receive that calling right now in the name of Jesus Christ. There's something full in your spirit that's overflowing. You believe God has a special touch upon you. I wonder if you'd just step out from where you're standing right now and come down to this altar. And let that change be the result of something being full in your spirit. If you're not there yet, you can stay where you are in your pew and just lift up your voice to the Lord because the thing that will fill up that glass of your own spirit is you declaring the promises of God if you're not there yet it's okay but just stand where you are for a few moments and would you lift up your voice unto the Lord as you feel that transition and that change coming why don't you step out of where you are and come down to this front and as you come down to this altar I wonder right now everybody man, woman, boy, and girl, as you gather around this altar, I wonder right now if you would begin to lift up your voice and would you begin to praise Him with everything that's within you? Would you let there be an overflow in your spirit of thanksgiving? Would you let there be an overflow of your hunger for God? Here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. I put it all in your hands, God.